another trivia challenge for everyone. See if you can come up with it. See if you can think of it and come up with it in any way. Post in the podcast Facebook community and the Uncle Fiasco and let us know if you've come up with it and what your what your thoughts on it might be. It's mention it just so the producers and I can see it. And just curious. All right. Of course, it's always about you, isn't it? Of course, it's not all about me, Alan. It's about everyone. All the listeners. Every Everyone out there. It's all for you guys. All this is for everyone. So it's about everyone. And that's what all this is for. And But always think and always remember... Always, you always have to put your best foot forward and always remember. Never give up, never surrender. Generally, a good lesson anywhere for any time. Always remember that. And thanks, Jason. Thank you for that. I also wanted to say, heads up, everyone. Like you heard earlier, it's in the middle of allergy season, at least for me. So periodically, I'm going to have to yank the mic away from my mouth, just like just now, when a sneeze sneaks from the back of my head and creeps up through my nose. So I apologize for that. But a lot of the story and a lot of the things that I wanted to touch on is one of the things that's very interesting to me. And nothing that... It doesn't dissuade me from ever doing it. But I like seeing stories of air accidents and I'm not saying that because I don't I don't like all the life lost and stuff like that I don't like that but I like seeing what's learned from the past what the past teaches us and I like seeing how people thrive and how people learn from what has happened in the past and how those people who have perished unfortunately have taught us and what their memories teach us and what we learn and how we evolve in their memories and how we honor them and how we respect them and I've studied a lot about that from planes getting shot down whether it's by accident or not um, to accidents from pedo tubes from mechanical failures and all sorts of stuff like that to heroic tales of heroes of great legends And one of them, one of the things I wanted to mention and talk about is Sully. Chelsea Sullenberger. Sully, 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 Sully. I don't know why I said that. Sully. And he is one of the great legends of of flight, of aeronautics and flying. And I would have loved to have met Sully. And just talk talk to him and learn more about his flight and what happened. So I was able to dig up a little bit of information on him. And learn a little bit about Sully himself. And then about the flight. So this is what, what I was able to dig up from Wikipedia and other articles and other things that I was able to dig up. Dig up. So Sully was appointed to the U.S. State U.S. Air Force Academy. Entering with the class of 1973 in June 1969. He was selected along with around a dozen other freshmen for a cadet glider program 
and by the end of that year, he was an instructor pilot. In the year of his graduation, 1973, he received the Outstanding Cadet in Airmanship Award as the class's top flyer. Following, following his graduation with a Bachelor of Science degree and his commissioning as, as an officer, <coughs> the Air Force immediately sent Sully to Purdue University to pursue a master's degree prior to entering undergraduate pilot training. Following completion of his graduate degree at Purdue, he was assigned to UPT at Columbus Air Force Base in Mississippi, flying the T-37 Tweet and T-38 Talon. After earning his his wings in 1975 as a pilot, he completed replacement training in the F-14, the F-14, in the F-4 Phantom II at Luke Air Force Base in Arizona. This was followed by his assignment to the 493rd Tactical Fighter Squadron of the 48th Tactical Fighter Wing at RAF Lucan, Lucanheath, United Kingdom in the F-4D Phantom II. Follow his assignment, following his assignment at RAF Lukenheath, he was reassigned to the 428th Tactical Fighter Squadron of the 474th Tactical Fighter Wing at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, again flying the F-4D. He advanced to become a flight leader and training officer and attained the rank of captain. With experience in Europe, the Pacific, and at Nellis Air Force Base, as well as operating as as Blue Force Mission Commander in Red Flag Exercises. While in the Air Force, he was a member of an Aircraft Accident Investigation Board. Sully was <coughs> Sully was employed by the U by U.S. Airways and its predecessor airlines from 1980 until 2010. He holds an airline transport pilot certificate for, a, for single and multi-engine airplanes, a commercial pilot license rating in gliders, and a flight instructor certificate for planes and gliders. In total, he has more than 50 years and 20,000 20, hours of flying experience more than that by now. In 2007, he became the founder and CEO of Safety, Re Safety Reliability Methods, Inc., a firm providing strategic and tactical guidance to enhance organizational safety, performance, and reliability. He has also been involved in a number of accident investigations conducted by the US, USAF, United States Air Force, uh, <coughs> see what I mean, something just sneaks up on you? He's also been involved in a number of accident investigations conducted by the USAF and the National Transportation Safety Board, such as the Pacific Southwest Airlines Flight 1771 
and U.S. Air Flight 1493. He served as an instructor, Airline Pilots Association, local, safety, local air safety chairman, accident investigator, and national technical committee member. His safety work for the ALPA led to a development of a Federal Aviation Administration Advisory Circular. He was instrumental in developing and implementing the crew resource management course that was used by U.S. Airways, and he has taught the course to hundreds of airline crew members. Working with NASA scientists, he co-authored a paper on error or on error-inducing context in aviation. He was an air accident investigator for the NTSB inquiry into a major accident at LA International Airport, which led to an improved airline procedures and training for emergency evacuations of aircraft. Sully has been studying the, psychological, the psychology behind keeping an airline crew functioning during any crisis. Sully was active with his union, serving as a chairman of, safety, of the safety committee within the Airline Pilots Association. He was a featured speaker for two panels, one on aviation and one on patient safety in, the, in medicine at the High Reliability Organization's 2007 International Conference in Deauville, France, from May 29th to May 31st of 2007. On January 15, 2009, Sully was the captain of the U.S. Airways Flight 1549, an Airbus A320 taking off from LaGuardia in New York City. Shortly after takeoff, the plane struck a flock of Canadian geese and lost power to both engines. Let's see if I can find the main article here. To the two pilots, Sully was one of them, and Jeffrey Skiles glided the plane to a ditching in the Hudson River off of Midtown Manhattan after they had struck a flock of Canadian geese shortly after takeoff. <coughs> Again, sorry everybody, you just get allergies and they just keep coming up. Sorry for that, and sorry for the bad sound of my voice there, but it just it just comes at the least convenient and the least helpful time, and it's just it it's annoying. And I apologize to everyone for hearing for having for getting this blasting in your ears and everything. I apologize. Like I was saying, on January fifteenth, two thousand nine, U.S. Airways Flight fifteen forty nine with the call sign Cactus fifteen forty nine was scheduled from, from LaGuardia to Charlotte Douglas International Airport with direct onward service. Oh! Direct onward service out here to SeaTac. The aircraft was an Airbus A320-214 
powered by two GE Aviation Snecma-designed turbofan engines. The captain, Sully, and the pilot in command, was fi he was 57 at the time. At, and also at the time, he had logged 19,663 total flight hours, including 4,765 in an A320. He was also a glider pilot, an expert on aviation safety. First Officer Jeffrey Skiles was 49, and he had accrued 20,727 career flight hours with 37 in an A320. But this was his first A320 assignment as pilot flying. There were 150 passengers on board and three flight attendants. <coughs> now, say what you want for the airlines, because both Boeing and Airbus have had plenty of accidents. There have been, and McDonnell Douglas as well, have had plenty of accidents. And that's, that's not a comment on either company. But, knowing all this, I can say, and used to, I used to work in an airport, I can, I can safely say that, and here comes that sneeze, I can feel it, I can safely say that, I guess, hearing all the things that have happened in Airbus planes, I'm not saying one plane is safer than the other. They're both equally just as safe, one, one over the other, both just about as equal. But in my personal experience, I have had less success in Airbus planes than I have in Boeing. Now, that's personal experience. I'm not saying that either one of them is more better than the other. I'm just saying personal experience have led to more errors, minor though they may be, more errors and more... <coughs> snafus and more things catching than on an Airbus than on a Boeing plane. Now, when I used to work at the airport a while back, uh, there was a airline that would fly, I believe it was the 320, the A320, or it was, I don't know if it was a 320 or a 330. I think it was a 320 that kept flying in, and every time it flew in, and pulled up to the pulled up to the gate. I was part of the crew that unloaded the plane. It sounded like there was a tin can in the engine, like a soda can was rattling around in the plane's engine, and I didn't know what that was. I didn't. It didn't. I didn't know exactly what it could have caused that. If there was something in the prop of the plane, if something was in the jet of the plane, I didn't know, but I felt it necessary. to alert other ground crew and to alert people associated with the jet, with the plane and to alert the pilot and I didn't directly alert the pilot because I couldn't directly get to him or talk to him, but I alerted people who could have informed the pilot that there was something that kind of sounded, sounded something funny in the engines and it sounded like there was something rattling around in the engine I don't know what happened, the plane the plane appeared fine and nothing negative happened at all. But, you know, I I heard something that sounded weird and I just wanted to alert people and make sure everyone stayed safe. And it was kept safe as, as safe as possible. 
Now, I have flown on all to- all those planes, McDonnell Douglas, Airbus, and Boeing. And I have not had I have I had I have not had mechanical or airframe issues in any of them. However, if there was and this and and you could say that perhaps it was more the airline that caused the the issues, the discrepancies that I had gone through that I had, that I had felt. So I yeah, I understand that. And I get that. But I've always had more snafus occurred. I always just felt in the past when things have come up that they have cu- occurred in an Airbus. <coughs> so I, I just, history has taught me that if there was an error, I just, I had a snafu and it was going to come up on an Airbus or going back farther than that, maybe a McDonnell Douglas. No, there's not, like, no, no, there's nothing wrong with either of, or any of these planes. There's nothing wrong with any of them. And don't let anything that has happened to anybody dissuade you from flying. It's one of the safest methods of transportation in the world. And let everyone, everyone's memories live on and let them teach you to keep flying and honor their memories by flying, by continuously flying. And what had happened, a little bit more about was able to, what was able, what, like, let's try to speak straight again. What I was able to find about, about Sully's flight is it was cleared for takeoff to the northeast from LaGuardia's runway, runway 4, at 3.24 and 56 seconds p.m. Roughly Eastern Standard Time. With Skiles in control, the crew made its first report after becoming airborne at 3.25 and 51 seconds as being at 700 feet and climbing. The weather at 2.51 p.m. was 10 miles visibility with broken clouds at 3,700 feet. Winds approximately 8 knots from 290. An hour later, it was a few, it was a few clouds at 4,200 feet. Wind 9 knots from 310. <coughs> at 326 Sully remarked to Skiles what a view of the Hudson of the Hudson today at 327 during the climb out the plane struck a flight of Canadian geese at an altitude of 2818 feet about 4.5 miles north northwest of LaGuardia the pilot's view was filled with large birds. Passengers and crew heard very loud bangs and saw flames from the engines, followed by a silence and an odor of fuel. Realizing that both engines had shut down, Sully took control while Skiles worked the checklist for engine restart. The aircraft slowed but continued to climb for a further 19 seconds reaching about 3,060 feet. 
at an airspeed of about 185 knots, then began to glide into a descent, accelerating to 210 knots at 3.28 in 10 seconds, Eastern Standard Time, as it descended through 16,050 feet, through 1,650 feet, sorry. At 3.27.33 seconds, Sully radioed a mayday call to New York Terminal Radar Approach Control. But it said that he said is something to the effect of this is Cactus 15 39. The correct call was Cactus 15 49. Hit birds, he says. We've lost both, we've lost thrust on both engines. We're turning back to LaGuardia. Air traffic controller Patrick Harton told LaGuardia's tower to hold all departures and directed Sully back to runway 31. Sully responded, unable. Sully asked controllers for landing options in New Jersey, mentioning Teterboro Airport. Permission was given for Teterboro's runway one. Sully initially responded yes, but then changed to we can't do it. We are going to be in the Hudson. The aircraft passed less than 900 feet above the George Washington Bridge. <coughs> Sully commanded over the cabin address system to brace for impact, and flight attendants relayed the command to passengers. Meanwhile, air traffic controllers asked the Coast Guard to caution vessels in the Hudson and asked them to prepare to assist with any rescue necessary. About 90 seconds later, at 3.31 p.m., the plane made an unpowered ditching, descending southwards at about 125 knots into the middle of the North River section of the Hudson, of the Hudson Tidal Estuary on the New York side of the state line, roughly opposite West 50th Street, near the Intrepid Sea, near the Intrepid Sea Air and Space Museum in Manhattan and Port Imperial in Weehawken, New Jersey. Flight attendants compared the ditching. Flight attendants compared the ditching to a hard landing with one impact no bounce than a gradual deceleration. The ebb tide then began to take the plane southward. Sully opened the cockpit door and gave the order to evacuate. The crew began evacuating passengers through the four overwing window exits and into an inflatable slide raft deployed from the front right passenger door. The front left side failed to operate, so the manual inflation handle was pulled. The evacuation was made more difficult by the fact that someone opened the rear left door, allowing more water to enter the plane. Whether this was a flight attendant or a passenger is greatly disputed. Water was also entering through a hole in the fuselage and through cargo doors that had come open. So as the water rose, the attendant 
ordered pass urged passengers to move forward by climbing over seats. One passenger was in a wheelchair. <coughs> Finally, Sully walked into the into the cabin twice to confirm it was empty. The air and water temperature were about 19 degrees Fahrenheit and 41 degrees respectively Fahrenheit. Some evacuees evacuees waited for rescue waited for rescue knee-deep in water and a partially submerged submerged slides some wearing life vests others stood on the wings or fearing explosion swam away from the plane one passenger after helping with the evacuation found the wing so overcrowded that he jumped into the river and swam to a boat Sully had deliberately ditched the airliner near boats in order to facilitate rescue. Two New York waterway ferries arrived within minutes and began taking people aboard using a Jason's cradle. <coughs> Numerous other boats, including, including from U.S. Coast Guard, were quickly on the scene as well. Sully have Sully advised the ferry crews to rescue those on the wings first, as they were in more jeopardy than those on the slides, which detached to become life rafts. The last person was taken from the plane at 3.55 p.m. Sorry, everyone. This allergies are driving me nuts. About 140 New York City firefighters responded to nearby responded to nearby docks, as did police, helicopters, and various vessels and divers. Other agencies provided medical help on the Weehawken side of the river, where most passengers were taken. Passengers and crew sustained 95 minor and 5 serious injuries including a deep laceration in the leg of one of the flight attendants. 78 people received medical treatment, mostly for minor injuries and hypothermia. Twenty-four passengers and two rescuers were treated at hospitals, with two passengers were kept being kept overnight. One passenger now wears glasses because of eye damage from jet fuel. No pets were carried on the flight. So, if you were thinking about animals or worrying about animals, there weren't any. There were no animals on the flight at all. Many passengers... Clearing <coughs> my throat there. Many passengers and rescuers later experienced post-traumatic stress such as sleeplessness, flashbacks, and panic attacks. Some began some began an email support some began an email support group. Patrick Harton, the the controller who had worked the flight, said that the hardest most traumatic part of the entire event was when it was over and that he was gripped by raw moments of shock and grief.
the, invest the, the investigation of the partially submerged plane was towed downstream and moored to a pier near the World Financial Center in Lower Manhattan, roughly four miles from the ditching location. On January 17th, the aircraft was taken by barge to New Jersey. <clears throat> the left engine, which had been detached from the aircraft during the ditching, was recovered from the riverbed on January 23rd. The initial NTSB ev evaluation that the plane had lost thrust after a bird strike was confirmed by analysis of the cockpit and flight of the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorders. <coughs> it was found in the in the investigation that two days prior to the accident, the aircraft had experienced a compressor stall on the right engine, but the engine had restarted and the flight had been completed. A faulty temperature sensor was found to be the cause of the compressor stall. This sensor had been replaced and the inspection also verified the engine had not been damaged in the accident, in that accident. On January 21st, the NTSB found evidence of damage from a soft body impact to the right engine along with organic debris including feathers which which support Sully's claims the left engine also the left engine also evidenced soft yet yeah, soft body impact with dents on both the spinner and inlet lip of the engine cowling five booster inlet guide van vanes are fractured and eight outlet guide vanes are missing. Both engines missing large portions of their housing were sent to met the manufacturers for examination. On January 31st, the plane was moved to Kearney, New Jersey. The bird remains were later identified by DNA testing to be Canadian geese, which typically weigh more than engines are designed to withstand. An N an NT I can't figure out I can't see the the awards and what, what Sully was Sully was given praise. I mean after the investigation there was a lot of investigation, a lot of things had gone down. And Sully was given praise for how he handled the situation and how he conducted his li how he conducted his life during the flight and how he conducted the best way, the best possible way to save as many lives as he could. He didn't know that that lives could be saved, but he was he was going to be darned that anyone would be lost on his watch. Nothing would happen. And Sully has been revered as a hero, as a legend in aeronautics, and he has been given a lot of awards, and he rightly deserves each and every one of them. So I want to thank you all for listening and I want to keep you and I want to state that please do not use this as a dissuasion for flying. Like I said, it's one of the most, the safest ways to fly and one of the best ways to, to well, it's one of the safest ways to fly. Duh, 
is one of the safest methods of transportation, one of the safest ways to get around. And you should all do it. You should all stick with it and be part of it as much as you can. Now, don't don't be afraid of it. Don't be be realize that while accidents happen. <coughs> see, there's the sneeze I was talking about. While accidents happen, there are heroes like Sully. There are people out there who do things and honor these people who have passed. Honor their memories by keep by continuously keep doing. But keep flying, but keeping doing this, and remember these people who lost their lives and honor them. And so thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for sticking around, and stick around for a little bit more on the end here. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? Okay, 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 Sigourney, we gotcha. But if you have any guesses on the trivia, put them in the podcast Facebook community, The Uncty Fiasco, and pay attention. Throughout the entire episode, there's little snippets and little clues, little hints there. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast? Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out. Want to check out the best travel vlogger and videos anywhere? Go to Atlantic City, Disney, Six Flags, all along the Atlantic City boardwalk, and go to Vegas. Check out the New York channel, N-U-Y-A-W-K, on YouTube. You will be thoroughly impressed and thoroughly entertained. You will love every second of what you're seeing. Go to YouTube and check out N-U-Y-A-W-K. You'll love what you're seeing. You'll enjoy every second of it. Want to check out the environment, the climate, the planet, and everything we can do to have an impact on it? Check out City Climate Corner. On all the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, on everything. You won't be disappointed. You'll enjoy and love what you're listening to. Mm-hmm.